0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin best. It's Hashem BPJ, number 73. Bais me. joint shir Share number 73. Within every person, there exists an inclination to recoil, to be unhappy from restrictions or restraints. And to desire that which is forbidden. They don't want those restraints. This is not an evil thing in and of itself. Hashem put it in a man's nature that they don't like restrictions. They don't like restraints. They don't like being told what to do. They don't like being held. They want to express their desires physical, sometimes spiritual, whatever it is, but they want to express their desires. The reason behind this is apparently sechel Why did Hashem put this in a human being? Because Hashem wanted human beings to have free will, to choose between good and what's not good. In order to have that free will, Hashem implanted in a human being that nature to recoil from restrictions and restraints. It bothers me. I don't want this. And to desire things that are not healthy for Him or that are forbidden. For example, when, when Shleim Melech says that Maiim yuntaku, stolen waters taste sweeter. The panemius, what is this Pasuk Emishle saying? That's a parak tes, Pasuk Yudzayan. That a human being has a tendency in them that what is stolen tastes sweeter. The Gemara Yushalmi, Yuma, Lamed Dalar Ahmed Aleph says that one's inclination only desires that which is forbidden to it. It's a very important point. That is why I gave Shiurim early on on the Ali Shur to the boys and girls primarily, also to that struggle with sexual urges. And this is why we posted in the Group on Sundays, these letters that explain this. It's a normal desire. One's desire is to do things that are forbidden. Once you're told you're not allowed to do something, a person has something within them to want to break that. You see, Rabbi Yosef said, First, I was happy. He was blind, and despite his blindness, he did the mitzvahs anyway. But then he learned Godlhamitsubava Right? It's 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 greater the one who has commanded the mitzvah and does it than one who does not. Now, someone is blind, he's excused from many say. So Rabbi Isis's initial reaction makes sense. His conclusion doesn't make sense. Because we're normally thinking that a person does mitzvahs because of love, ahava is higher than a person who does mitzvahs because there's a chiv to do it so this is counterintuitive really it is because, because Beryos' initial reaction makes more sense I am blind, I'm putter from many, many, many mitzvahs and I'm doing it anyway out of love, that's a higher level when I don't have to do something and I'm putting my effort in doing it despite my p'tur makes more sense in many ways than someone who Hashem commanded him so what choice do I have? If I don't do this I'm going to get an Avera. That seems to be a lower level. So the answer is as follows. And for this look entices of a desire to Aleph. And it's like this. One who performs a mitzvah without of obligation indeed like Rabbi Yosef originally said he did a tremendous thing he did a mitzvah a mitzvah is supposed to do kachis and el does power and this one did not have that power and he did it anyway selflessly right? if let's say you're potter from Ner Hanukkah and when the, so when the yid that's chayv lights it it spreads all over the place when someone who's potter from it lights it it does not And I'm doing it anyway, even if it does not, because I love God and I love his mitzvahs. I'm not getting any benefit out of it. But, so that is a valid point, and that's why Rabbi Yosef originally said that I'm greater because I'm not commanded to do it. But, the bottom line is, the emesis and the maskana is, and again, look at that toysvah, that when one does a mitzvah because he's chayif to do it, when one does a mitzvah because he's obligated, he accomplishes two things. Number one is he actually did the mitzvah. Number two, and in the process, he, w- w- he ruled over and won against that human reaction to recoil against restrictions, recoil from binding obligations that were imposed. A person wants to say, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. That's embedded in his nature. I don't want to be restricted. No one has a right to tell me what to do. It's inborn in the person. So when you're doing a mitzvah, what are you doing? You're facing resistance. You're facing a tremendous opposition. So in the initial case, when he did the mitzvah, when he was potter, it's because he wanted to do the mitzvah. It may have taken effort. Some are serious nefesh, but he wanted to do the mitzvah. In this case, Pay doing the mitzvah in for and and, he, and every mitzah he does is fighting that inherent resistance that says, "Don't tell me what to do." That free will power of choosing that is 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 tremendously significant. So that's very very important. You decide to know. So there's a Gemara. Stuff, Alef, I'm not going to go through the whole Gemara, but basically that if a uh, ger is a minor, you could, and he, he could be converted when with Bezin, being Metzavah to be converted. So the question is, what's the Chiddush? We know the din is that a person may act for someone's benefit um, for his advantage, not for his disadvantage. So Says that you may think that even avoid the Zara, like let's say a slave wants to live Beth Kara he likes living his life without a restraint, and a slave prefers that, right? So that's why for, for a for slave that's an adult, it's not so simple to free him without his knowledge because he's a grown person, he already tasted Tamadi Isura, which means that an older adult slave in his adult life already did wrong things, was mezana, let's say, or whatever he did wrong. He tasted it already. So because he tasted it already, that forbidden thing, which if he frees him and becomes a gertoyshev or, or or yid ultimately, whatever it is, it definitely restricts him from many forbidden things. But that's only by an adult. The minor, meaning the katneved, it's an advantage for him. He never tasted the sin, and you're bringing him in before he has that yitzahara into Kanfe aschena. That's a s'chus for him and zochin shaloi b'fanav. This is a tremendous, tremendous Yeside. tremendous yisayi. So this tamid de isura, this appetite we have for things that are forbidden, is a gift to us. It's a gift to us. People make a mistake with understanding Tamadis Sura. It's not that, let's say, someone has a cheshik for ham or lobster or cheeseburger that he has a, that he may have a cheshik for. That's a Tamadis Sura that he desires. That's not what it is. Even a, a prohibited sexual relationship, the Tamadis surah is not the actual... Activity itself. The panemius of any tamadis surah is what? That as long as something is forbidden, the very fact that it's forbidden attracts us. The very fact that it's forbidden seduces us. And a person who has this tamadis surah desires something that's Usr because it is Usr. The further this idea, you look in the Beis Alevi, Drash Yud Beis, he goes into depth about this concept that we just said. That type of desire is what we're talking about. And it's very sad, because tamadi surah, what does it lead to if you don't control it? Extramarital affairs, incest, uh, mishkav behema, child molestation, all of these is different tamadi isuras that came down at a very low level but it all started from this concept of, I I, I want to do something that is forbidden, I have a desire to do it, because no one can tell me what to do. That's the panemius of it, and then it takes up different forms. And that is what we need to understand. That we think, it's interesting, we think that we have a taiva for something because it's a taiva, but very often in the panemius of it is because you don't want to be forbidden. You don't like the restrictions. It is not a healthy thing. You don't like accountability. That's not a healthy thing. So, in marriage, in marriage especially, a lot of the resistance in shalom bias—a wife not listening to her husband, a husband is not listening to her wife—and they don't get along. It's, 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 it's a, it's a parallel to that. Just like you don't like Hashem telling you you're not allowed to do this and this and this and that. You don't like your husband or your wife telling you, I don't like this or this or this or that, even if their point is to for you to self-correct. That's really the panemius of why Shalom bias could be difficult. Not because of this and this particular problem, or because he acted this way and she acted that way. The panemius, the result of the bottom line is, is that's why Hashem mirrors Shir Ashirim with, with, with the relationship of Hashem and Yipne Yisrael with, the, with a couple because it's the same thing. Hashem and Knesset Yisrael and a husband and wife is the same thing. Hashem knows and we have it in us because of free will. Hashem wanted us to do that free will. So Hashem put in us that cheshik to rebel against him. He made us Independent creations, as if we're the independent, everything's Hashem, but he wants us to feel our own existence and to res- and 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 to have a dislike towards being told what to do, even by God, even by Hashem. Which we have to learn how to break that. That's why God loves. And when you learn to do that, then when you're married, it gets much, much easier. Husband, wife, wife to husband. When they're telling you to do something that, let's say they tell you to do something that you know really is correct, but they said it in in a nasty way. Let's just give that example. They are correct in what they're telling you. You have to stop this behavior or you have to do this. They are 100% correct. We're making that assumption now. Assuming they're 100% correct. So it's not the content of of the words that are the problem. It's the word itself that's the problem, the way it's said. So someone said something very nasty, very, very nasty, a wife to husband, husband to wife, about something that they need to fix. But in content, they were 100% right, but a terrible delivery. The one who is makabalik, if he's smart, he says, on the nastiness of it, we're going to have healthy communication later. It's not acceptable. I'm not a doormat. I'm not a shmata. I shouldn't be speak, spoken to this way. It's not healthy to let this go. And we're going to have healthy communication like we talked about all the other healthy way of communicating. This is not the way you talk to me. That's true. But, but in the nastiness that's being said now, if there's an akuda that you're right husband, you're right wife, you embrace it. Because, and, and that heals so much shalom bias. And especially if you could be honest with it, in a respectful way say, I love you very much. It hurt me that you spoke in such a harsh way to me, but I recognize that the content of what you're saying is correct and this is what I'm going to do. You humble yourself on the thing that you need to correct. When you do that, the one who's hearing it will soften up and recognize, you know, maybe I said this too harshly. I see this in my private settings. I can't get into it in in the experience with Chiyurim, where people told me at the end, mature, healthy people, I don't regret saying to this other person what I needed to say. It had to be said. I saw something that they did wrong or hurt me, and I said something to them. I don't regret saying something to them. They need to know in a healthy, respectful way that they hurt me, and this behavior needs to change. But what what, what, what I'm agonizing over is my delivery, the way I said it. I feel terrible that I hurt this person because of the way I said it. I don't regret saying the content because I needed to. People don't like being judged. And that was the essence of the complaint of the Mun. It will end off like this. I heard this is a beautiful pshat. Pasha pshat is, they complained about the Mun. All of a sudden says, a Mun, because there are God, it says some nice things about them. One of those things was that it was like crystal. Crystal is like a reflectory. It shines. You could see back to yourself sort of like a mirror with many of the crystals. So that's Hashem talking. They were complaining, and Hashem is saying, no, look how beautiful the man is. It's like crystal. I heard a beautiful shot. that the panemius of why they didn't like the man is because they knew two things. Number one, if they were good that day, they got it as challah or whatever, like full-baked bread they didn't, it came out like these cookies or something like that. And if they they still were worse, they got it as flour that they had to grind. If they were worthy, it was by their doorstep. If they weren't, it was much further. And if they really weren't good, it was all the way back. So this is what they didn't like. One day, a father, he opens the door. The man is there by his doorstep. And it is baked bread or baked challah. Beautiful. Next day comes. He opens up the door nothing there he has to walk through the town everyone knows because everyone's collecting money. then and they're seeing oh this guy I never used to see him here you know he must have had his money by the house all of a sudden he's coming here what's going on something wrong here the family sees it and he's keeping on going and going and going and then he gets his stuff and it's flour he brings it home and it's flour and his whole family is looking at this yesterday it was baked bread today it's just a flour what did you do today? What did you do wrong? Something's off here. And then they had to do a chesh ben nefesh and correct. They couldn't handle that anymore. That was part of their complaint. So in other words, they're saying, they complained about the mon, and then about mun, and the rest of the words is not Hashem talking, they're talking. It's Kain Abdullah. I can't handle it. It's crystal, it's like a mirror. Everything I do, you're pointing back to me. I don't want accountability. I can't handle that. It's human nature, but we have to learn how to break that nature, to appreciate self-accountability and self-awareness and working on your character. If you have that as a priority, a lot of shalom bayis problems go away because you realize that this resistance to your wife or to your husband is, its you could say it's because she hurt you. It could say because she spoke to you disrespectfully. And again, you could address those things. But the real Nakuda behind what you hate why your wife or husband said this is because you do not like to be told anything, even if it's right. It's not pleasant for most people. They don't like being told from another person, especially your wife or husband, that you need to correct something. Even if they would say it in the nicest way, there would be resistance. People don't want to hear it, and we have to fight that nature and be willing to hear. Hopefully, from the reluctant lis, uh, being listening to happier listening. But it needs to be listened to. When you when you work on yourself and develop that ability, everything changes. The Shalom bias gets better because it's not about me and you and this and that. It's about I'm resisting being told what to do and I'm going to work on myself. And whatever I need to correct, I will. That heals Shalom bias in a major way. Baruch